Blog Talk Radio. December 14th, 2016. So I'm just going to tell you quickly that I saw something this week. I didn't read it. I saw it. I saw a documentary called The Wrecking Crew. It's about a, a bunch of studio musicians in Los Angeles who were on a ton of popular music recordings back in the 1960s and 70s. And they got used again and again just because they were so good at it. The uh, Monkees or the Association, they would sing a song on the radio, but on the record, the Wrecking Crew would be playing all the instruments. Or uh, On TV, it looked like uh, the Monkees were playing it, but they weren't really. Anyway, in this documentary, Roger McGuinn from The Birds, he said that when the Wrecking Crew did the music on his records, it took three takes for a song. When his own group, The Birds, did the music themselves, it took 70, 70 takes. These guys were really good. They saved a lot of money, but sometimes the egos of these musicians, uh, the rock musicians, they, they got in the way. Anyway, here's what struck me most about this uh, movie. One of the most popular guitarists was a guy named Tommy Tedesco, and he said that you always hear about musicians who are already highly competent when they were 12 years old. And then he says, that wasn't me. That was not me. He started playing in his 20s. And that blew me away because I'm kind of negative, okay? And (laughs) I would have assumed that it was way, way too late to start then. And so here's what it meant to me to hear this. When you're new at a profession, it's easy to think that you're never going to catch up to the people who've been in it forever. But apparently that's not – takes about – 10,000 hours of practice to become really, really, really good at anything. But there's this guy named James Altucher who uh, writes online, and he came back with this statement. He said, great, it takes 10,000 hours to become excellent. But you know what? It only takes a few hundred hours of practice to become pretty good, right? So if you're just starting out in recruiting or anything, don't think that it's going to take you forever until you're good at your job. It probably won't. And you know what? You might even be better than the people who, when you first started out, you thought they knew everything. Okay? And now, let me invite you to our last meeting of the year on Jerry. Jerry! What show is the Recruiting Animal Thank you, Jerry. Jerry's not here. <laughs> hey, all you Jerry fans, go away. Not here. He didn't tell me. He didn't tell me he's not coming. The guy is always complaining that he has about his working conditions and his pay every week. I never know if he's going to show up. 
Okay. And you know what? It's really, uh, it doesn't matter if he came today or not, because the show today is a little too technical for him. He'd be groaning the whole time anyway. Okay. So I'm going to go straight to my, oh, I want to thank, at the beginning of the show, I like to thank uh, my sponsors. PC Recruiter, led by the great Martin Snyder. Okay, PC Recruiter. Uh, that's the recruiting software for every kind of recruiting. And also our new sponsor, Hire Tool, the hot new, the hot new sourcing tool. It really is. Okay, so our guest today is a, a return visit by a guy named Jeremy Ames, A-M-E-S. His uh, Twitter name is the H-C-M guy. And uh, you know what? I'll bet you he doesn't have an elevator speech, but the guy actually wants to sing a song. That's fantastic. Did you pick a song? Um, how about Strawberry Fields, since you got me into the Beatles idea? How about Face? Do you know that one? It's a little faster. you know that? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you were to... Face, I can't forget the time or place. Don't you know it? No? Uh, no. Let me take you but down you can sing it. Fields. Too slow. You know what? I've got a real concern. You're a techie, okay? I understand you guys are not very quick. You're a bit slow on the take. That's why you're socially inept. So, uh, you know, I'm worried that you won't be uh, lively enough for the show. If we're going to start off oh. with Strawberry Fields, man, it's going to be downhill. I mean, we can sing it up tempo. We can sing what it up tempo. Froggy anyway? That's a song about drugs. <laughs> Let me take you down. Let's do it. You, Let me right. take, you take you down. Because I'm going to do strawberry fields. Oh, nothing is nothing right. Is, I'm here. There's nothing to write home about. Get hung about. Or get hung about. Strawberry fields. All right, whatever. Good. Forever. Move on. I'm finishing it off. Okay, uh, who are you? Give us your elevator speech. I am Jeremy Ames, as you said, the HCM guy. I run a company called Hive Tech HR. We find and implement HR systems and the talent acquisition systems for our customers. Okay, I, I read your. I did some reading on you this morning. I was on the impression you're primarily an implementation guy. You're not a person who uh, helps companies choose their software. Am I right or wrong about that? You are partially do a component of our work is signing systems. Oh, you're on one so. of those good phones. Okay. okay, I won't complain. Okay, I didn't hear what you said. doesn't matter. Hey, listen, you know, I've got a general yeah. question to ask you because you're working with IT people all the time. Am I right about that? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Okay, are IT people unusually dumb? Okay, you think about that for a minute, and I'll tell you why I'm asking. Because this morning <laughs> I read an article that said the Democratic Party the Democratic National Committee, they didn't buy good protection for their emails. Hillary Clinton's running for president, and they don't buy the top dollar protection. That's mistake number one. Then, last September, the FBI called, called their help desk. I don't know where they got their brains either. They call the help desk, and they tell the guy on the, on the line that uh, they're being hacked, right? And so this tech guy didn't believe it was <laughs> he didn't believe it was the FBI. So he didn't do anything about it. And nobody else did anything <laughs> either. It seems totally insane. Uh, is that normal? I mean, to pick one anecdote in the in the world of IT and say that all IT people are stupid is probably not accurate. Um, but okay. uh, I'm so sure there are some that you want to be more. Is that unusual? Yeah. I mean, 
or were you shocked when you heard that story? You said, oh, yeah, I could see that happening. Early in my career, I used to run a help desk, and you get some crazy requests, and you, you have some crazy responses by the help desk. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. You can't solve every problem, and hopefully you just uh, recognize when it is the FBI. That would be Yeah, a, that's a, a non-answer, a good... and i got to tell you, you are on a terrible phone. It's uh, bad. Anybody else, anybody else back me up on that? He sounds He's great, on Animal. Phone. You, you sound terrible. I sound terrible? I think it's the software. I think it's the He sounds fine. He sounds fine and I sound bad, eh? Okay, you guys, uh, you know what they call that now? Here's what they call that, gaslighting. They call that gaslighting. I think I <laughs> That's sound That's not okay. gaslighting. That's not, not gaslighting. At all. Gaslighting, what I say, we, I wasn't on the show last Thursday. What are you talking about? Yeah, and I'm saying I sound good and he sounds bad, and you're telling me he sounds good and I sound bad. That's just an accurate rendition of the facts. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what you say. Uh, Jeremy, what time do you get up in the morning? Do my new standard question. Uh, I tend to get up around 6.30, related to the family. 6.30? Yeah. What time did the guy get up last week, Stephen? Was it, it was 10 to 7. You're a little earlier than him. Okay, so there's a really terrific article that uh, William Tincup and this guy Jeremy Ames wrote about. It's like a seven-part book about uh, buying uh, and implementing uh, HR software. And the thing that interested me most was, he, Jeremy said that he was shocked by how ferociously and persistently William marketed that work. Can you tell us what you meant by that? Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of person, and there are some people out there that just do, you know, when they're committed to something, they believe in something that they've been a part of, they just go, they go, crazy on marketing it so he just I understand blasted general, it. i'm not an idiot yeah. i don't work for the democratic national committee i understand what ferociously and persistently marketing yeah. means i want to know exactly what he did okay so i can do the same thing he, he's scheduled through whatever he uses hootsuite whatever tool he's using he's scheduled just tons of uh pumping of this article this article series through both um, LinkedIn, just basically through all the social media channels. You saw it on Facebook. You saw it on Twitter. It was just to the point where you couldn't uh, avoid I it. Thought he sold it. I thought he sold it to somebody, so you guys made some money off of it. Okay. Well, we got uh, paid, they get paid to write it, if that means anything. But Yeah, okay. Uh, did, you send, <laughs> did you send gifts to your clients uh, at this holiday season? We send cards and we send gifts to our team members, but not gifts to clients. Should we be okay, doing that? Okay, good. No, that's, that's fine. That's a good answer. Right. Another, Just another seasonal one. It's party time, okay? Uh, do you use mm-hmm. it as networking time to get business? Networking? I mean, I don't, there's no conference season is over, so that's when I do most of my networking. This time of year, it's all online, so I, I connect with people online, thank people online. But okay, Let's get right into it. Yep. Let's get, you say, time after time, companies try to layer a performance management technology over a lousy process, okay? So since this is a recruiting show, I'm interested in a recruiting software. And so you're saying that the software is not going to work if their process is no good. Can you give us some examples or stories that you've seen where they have a lousy recruiting process that's not going to translate into a a good process just because you buy expensive technology? Uh, Most scenarios are exactly like that. You know, most most companies – 
haven't fully figured out what they want uh, to do from a recruiting standpoint, and so they do, they'll buy something. And a lot of times we're actually implementing software that includes recruiting as part of it. Um, we do work with some that are standalone systems, but a lot of times it's just part of your HR system. So you're, you're basically taking whatever that is. He wants an example, Jeremy. What he wants is something yes. like, I interviewed someone, they don't take notes. If you don't put notes into the ATS, there's no way to track what happens. He wants more examples like that. Thank Some you, of Jim. the software, yes, that was very good. Thank you for uh, Jim the Animal Whisperer. <laughs> uh, so an example is, you know, not every soft piece of software does a great job of the initial sourcing. So you you bring in a, a piece of software, assume it's going to do some level of sourcing, and it doesn't end up doing that. And in the end, since you didn't go into it knowing that you needed that to be a part of it, you don't. And that happens to a lot of our clients, actually. Is that closer? What is, what, what is that? Did, uh, did anybody understand what he just said? Mike, Jim? Is that like the no. web sourcing piece of Aperture where it says it does it, but you didn't think about it, so you have to go out and do it? Is that? Okay. It's like it's, how. It's a, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. Tell us a real life story. Tell us a story where, and say, this is what's wrong with their recruiting process, guys. And if you're doing that, you're an idiot, and you should do something about it so they can what's hear wrong? you say something from real life and recognize it in their own lives and learn something from the show. Can't you do that? I, I can absolutely try. So the, the real problem with people, and most I, I usually work with companies, the real problem is they're still treating their recruiting uh, world as an applicant tracking system. So they're only taking the person once they've expressed interest on through to when they get the job offer. There isn't enough, there aren't enough companies that have started going earlier on in the process and, and using software that actually takes into account that piece of it. That's the biggest thing that I'm, that I see. No, you know what? I, I, I must be, I'm living on another planet. I'll just say what I was trying to get at. You said the process aside from the technology is lousy. So now you're telling me that their technology is no good. Okay, I'll leave that question. No, 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 Animal, what he's, I, what he's saying is that he's saying that what? recruiters start and stop every single candidate, and that's what the ATS is built for. So then they go mm-hmm. try to add other pieces of actually building talent pools or talking to people after the fact. And the issue is, is they're not built for that. So they bought a piece of software that only deals with the second you send an application to the day you said yes or no, and so they don't have bolt-ons. So they haven't thought about the extra parts of how do I get this person interested six months beforehand. Okay. Yeah, but Jim Durbin, the famous Jim Durbin, that's a recruiting technology problem. That's not a process pre-technology process problem. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm I disagree saying. with that statement. But you I don't get to the technology that. until you start thinking about those things. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Correct. People don't think about what they need. That's another issue. But here's another one. Uh, I'll just jump, jump to the end of the process. He says most software fails because the company doesn't make sure the users get enough training. Here's his example. He actually gives one. They give you a four-hour class and a follow-up webinar for an hour, and the user is supposed to know everything. He says that's not enough. They are starved, starved for more training. And that's the reason most features go unused. You want to talk about that? Give you some examples? What are you basing that statement on? I'm basing it on the, the poor adoption that I see in the software world. Just the fact that companies give spend story. millions of dollars. Have to have, do you tell you again? Story. Story. <laughs> I have to be very careful with my stories because I have clients and software vendors that 
Yeah, I just don't want to use that. Don't mention any names. Uh, oh, look, okay. You know, I, another one of these guys who right. comes on show and says, I can't say anything. I will tell you something. Okay, I'll give you a specific example. I work mostly in HR, and the big area where I don't see adoption is in employee self-service. So company puts in the system. The goal is that they're supposed to have employees, like, you know, doing their benefits, uh, doing a life event in the system. That's where it, you don't get the adoption. So the company puts it in place. Uh, many of our clients will put it in place, and then they can't get the employees to actually do that. So they spent all this okay, you money. Know what? Let and me now stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Okay, yeah. this is a recruiting show. Do I have to tell you again? So what you're saying is that these uh, software that's not part of somebody's job, people never learn how to use it. But a recruiter who's using this recruiting software is right. part of his or her job. You're not talking about them. They get enough training. Am I right about that? I definitely hear stories that companies put talent acquisitions in place, and, and this has happened in our clients, and then it doesn't get used by the recruiters. They basically see it as a as a unnecessary evil, and they just kind of do it to get the candidates in the system, but it's not use, it's not actually facilitating their job because they don't. You know what? I hear that. I hear it. that a lot. Too. I hear that a lot too. The people they do they do total resourcing for every job. They don't check their resume database. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. And Why? sometimes it's just because of what we started out this section of the the show on, which is that they're not they're not trained on how to use the system. They don't see all the benefits of it. They don't know all the bells and whistles that it's capable of. And so they use the bare bones minimum, which isn't enough to, to make it worthwhile. Do you think yeah. any of those softwares were built for recruiters? And a better question is, do you know anybody in the, in the software space that has a clue what recruiting actually is? Like if they sat down and tried to describe it, would they understand how we work? Yes, and there are those who wouldn't. There, but there are definitely some that do, and, and a lot of that speaks to, you know, you can get to know who the people are that built it, and if they came from the recruiting space, then that's a good bet that they're putting something together that will work okay. for the recruiter. Okay, here's a good question based on what Jim just said. I want to do yeah. a, a unique version of my first ad for PC Recruiter today, okay? But we're not really going to talk about PC Recruiter. We're going to talk about me. If I want to do an ad for a recruiting software company, what are the important things that I should be talking about in that ad? What functions or features or benefits should I address? If you were going to, if I said, Jeremy Ames, I'm going to pay you $1,000 to do this ad, Put it together for me. What would you want to talk about in that ad? I would make sure that the ad highlighted not only the ability to find, screen, and hire the best candidates, but also to market and do some proactive marketing so that you're connecting with the job seekers. And then finally, not just you know handing them off to a an HR our HR. Oops, sorry, little challenge speaking there. Not just handing them off to an, an HR system, but doing some level of onboarding so that you transition them into the company. Okay, so you said this, the recruiting software has to be able to find candidates. What does that mean exactly? It needs to, it needs to have legs uh, and walk or no. Um, <laughs> there are ways that the system can actually become almost like a, a recruiting marketing channel and a proactive. There are systems out there like Clinch and some others that do this uh, where they're, they become almost like a, uh, a marketing hub kind of uh, where you're actually 
proactively trying to attract talent. So that's one feature that well, what wasn't that happening Jim before. Durbin, help me. Jim, Jimmy, are you still there? Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay, what is he talking about? You talked a minute ago about Aventure having a sourcing uh, function. When he says your, your recruiting software is going to help you find people, what does he mean? I, I, think, you can, I think you can hear exactly what the, the issue is. We're talking about recruiting. He's talking about the entire hiring process. So if you think about how you get resumes, you've got, you've got internal transfers. You've got internal referrals. You have sourcing online. You had posting a job and getting incoming resumes. And then direct recruiting where you're actually going out trying to find someone just for that job. So that's five different areas of sourcing to, to go find resumes. And people with the ATSs want you to stay inside that system so the data is collected and they can utilize it. But recruiters like, I don't know how to do it this way. I'll go do it the way I did. I'll go jump on Monster. I'll go to LinkedIn. I'll call the people yeah, I, I know. I don't know. I can't hear you. I'm of half of everything you're saying database. is – is is being bleeped out. So I don't know if you're swearing or you know. It's a lot, it's a lot of bad I'm Sorry, I don't know what he said. Uh, he Anybody sounded just fine. What? He sounded he just sounded fine. fine. What's wrong with me? How come I can't hear every? Maybe Michael, you drop Michael, off and have uh, Jim run the call. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and maybe good, but I got to tell you, Jim sounds good, and I sound awful. I'll be surprised. Michael Cox, you work inside a corporation. You're one of the only people, regular callers, who's a corporate recruiter. What about your recruiting software? Do you have any? Sellout. <laughs> yes. What? Yes, I do. Uh, it is an applicant tracking system that unfortunately isn't used enough as an actual resume database. We've got tens of thousands of people in this thing. Never, well, we're, uh, my, my fellow recruiter here is getting better at it, but... He needs to dig into what's there already. There's, we, we hire like 0.001% of the people that apply and pretend like nobody else exists. So is that a training problem? I mean, the, the, the yeah. machine just not the – We need to stop calling it an applicant tracking system and start calling it, you know, a, 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 data, a resume database. You know, as soon as somebody says, hey, we're looking for somebody – with this type of experience in this region, why is it that we immediately go and post a job? It's annoying. Jeremy, can you answer that? Jeremy, can you answer that question? I think it's primarily because there are tools out there that do this work and that create talent pools. And, you know, if you're a corporate recruiter, you're you're kind of beholden to whatever your company has put in place. So, so if they don't have no, anything no, in place, then yeah. I know we, no. we got another planet. He said they got it. They could use it just like you use LinkedIn or like you use Monster or Career Builder, but they don't. And I swear that's one thing I've heard many, many times. I'll move on. It's okay. Oh, you know what? Well, Maybe I'll go ahead. The, uh, just to answer Kelly's uh, question, um, the applicants and the applicant tracking system. I will bet that the overwhelming majority of those individuals didn't even get an opportunity to be reviewed. Um, so it's not that they're being rejected. It's just that maybe we found the right candidate and then just shut down the entire process right there and even just stop looking at the rest of the applications. I see. Okay. You know what? That's a lesson for you, Jeremy. That's a recruiting process problem, not a technology problem, okay? That's a yeah, lot I don't need another piece of problem. technology. I just need to get people to start digging into yeah, what's yeah, already there. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm going to do an ad. 
I'm going to do an ad. Hey, everybody, it's the year end, in case you didn't know that. And people are starting to consider the improvements they can make in their business. I think Jeremy wrote an article about predictions for next year. I'm not going to make predictions, but I'm going to make a recommendation. I want to tell you that if you're considering new recruiting software in the coming year, I want you to consider P. Recruiter Martin Snyder, the president of Main Sequence Technology that produces this product, PC Recruiter. He told me, Animal, you know, there's a lot of good recruiting software out there, but there's one thing that distinguishes us, and this is it. Our software is good for every kind of recruiting. Other recruiting software, you know what? They're focused on one kind of recruiting. It might be direct hire. It might be executive search or it might be staffing animal. But PC Recruiter embraces every kind of recruiting all around the world. And you know what? I see, I'm back in my own voice, I see testimonials online in recruiting discussions, and the people there agree with Marty. So please, do me a favor, check it out at PCRecruiter.net, PCRecruiter.net, and tell them the recruiting animal sent you. Thank you. Okay, back to our scheduled program. Okay, so you know what? Uh, uh, Does anybody have any questions about recruiting technology before I go on? Anybody? No? Okay. Okay. I just have a question. You said you go to these recruiting conferences or HR conferences. Is is that where you get most of your business? Yeah, I got a lot from there. Most of it, though, is from referrals. Okay, but how do you get referred? How do you get, like, let's say, are you like the wrecking crew? Everybody wants to use you because you're so good? I know of a decent amount of people that when opportunities come up, they just refer people to me directly. Why? So Why that's you refer you? Like, how could we become the referral of choice? Do we have to go hang around in the hallways at these conferences and chat people up? What's the key? How come people are referring you? I would like to think because I'm a decent guy and they know that I have uh, some talent in the work that I do. And, and I try to just, uh, I do how a lot do of networking. How they find out so about I... you? How do they find out about you? Um, through either writing, uh, the writing that I do, or like you said, I, I do go to these conferences. So you build kind of a, a core group of people that you start you to know in the industry. Me, so it's, Can you tell me a story? You don't have to mention yep. any names. About a time you went to a conference and got some business from it, how did it happen? Were you at a bar drinking and, and you, the person talked to you next to you said, what do you do? And you told yeah. him and then he gave you a job? I was at an IRAM conference once. I used to sit on the board of directors of IRAM, and I was in uh, one of the networking receptions, and somebody started talking to me about one of the presentations they saw and what they liked about it, and I started talking about how I do work similar to that. And about two months later, they were one of our big clients, So, and we did a whole bunch of system selection work and process reengineering work for them. Okay. You know what I liked? I like you said when you're uh, talking to vendors, about buying software, you have to ask them how they make their money and then make sure that you pay them enough so they're going to give you decent service. Is that what you recommend? You, yeah, I do recommend that you don't go into a a buying transaction not knowing what the vendor is getting out of it because you you could end up in a situation where you're one of their 
clients that they don't look forward to servicing and they, they took a financial hit on. So you just may not get as good of a service as you would if you just went into it more, uh, you know, copacetic with them. So what you, but you actually say, look the guy in the face, the eye, mm-hmm. and say, how do you make your money? On what portion of this yes. process are you going to make money? You want to, us to, to talk to people that way. Is that right? That's right, both on the software vendor side, but even especially on the on the consulting side, because there's a lot of consultants out there that are making their money off of you know either referrals or things like that, and so you have to be careful. You may not always be getting unbiased information. So, but but what 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 are they going to say? Where do you make your money? What kind of answer you're looking for? You're going to say, look, are you going to make a hundred thousand dollars off me? Is that enough? Uh, you know, or are you going to put me at the back of the bus when it comes to uh, getting support? I mean, really, what, yes. I don't know how. To, what's the story? That's how much? Important what do you want to know? I want to know: Are they going to be losing money, for example, on an implementation? If they are going to lose money on implementation, you may not get the best implementation you could, and and that's a very important part of a project. You know, if you're going to get the system plugged in, whether it's an ATS or anything else. So if they're losing money in that, it's important. If they're losing money on support, for example, you may not get the best support you could. Or if they're not making any, any money on training, then you may not even get training. So okay, it's important. Okay, but how to do you know it. what to pay them? I mean, what you're saying is if they say, well, we're not going to make any money on this, you say, yeah, I want you to make money. Uh, how do you know how much you say, take more money from me? How much extra do you know <laughs> what to give them? Every time you go through a buying process, you're doing comp- you know competitive comparisons. You're finding out what. So you, there is a market value to what software vendors are providing, and and once you figure that out, all I'm saying in, in what I wrote and what you're referring to in that article series is make sure it makes sense to both you as a buyer and to the vendor, and don't just look at it like did I, I get the best. How do I know what makes process? sense? How do I know what makes sense to him? I don't know what he needs to run his business. Am I going to run his business for him? Hopefully you have people internal to your company who do, do have some sense, who have bought other you know, bits of software, whether it's financial software, and they can help you through that. You can, you can have a, an expert help you, not to plug my own to my home, but you can have somebody help you to make that determination. Um, it's okay. tough. It's, it's something that people yeah, tend to yeah. fall down. You know, I listen, I got to tell you, I listened to your interview on another show on another show before this morning before this. Yeah. And you know what? They didn't ask you these hardball questions, and they know a lot more about this topic than I do, okay? This, so, gotta come on, keep laying it on. Whatever you got, Animal. That Your whole, whole ad that you did got me all jazzed up for the last 20 minutes here. Come, okay, come on. who owns the what data? I, I was shocked by this. Who owns the data on that software? I own the data. But you said that's not the real question. Let's say you want to... You've got your you purchased this company A technology, and you want to move over to PC Recruiter or somebody else like that. You got to be able to extract extract your data in a form that you can use it. That's the real question, uh, isn't it? It's a huge question, both from an HR standpoint and from a from a talent acquisition standpoint. Do you actually own that talent pool? Or is it something when you're ready to to shift to a new new product? Is it going to be extremely painful to even get that or are you going to actually be able to go back in time on your candidate history so it's that's a big question to ask during the buying process and and what kind of answer you need an it guy with you when you're getting the answer because it's going to they're going to tell you that technical format 
in which they're giving you yes. the data. Is that right? Am okay. I getting a but CSV? You... Am I getting a SQL database? Correct. You need to know exactly yeah. what format it's going to be in. Now, when you say who owns the data, though, that, that kind of makes me think they might not even want to give you anything. Is that possible? I'm not going to speak for any software vendors. I think it is possible that as a retention tactic, making it more complicated to leave and the fear that that you know, maybe you won't be able to to take your data with you is is a scare tactic, and they are they're incented to keep people you know as part of the their own community, so to speak. So okay, I'm going to tell. Listen, I'm going to tell you my next question. Then I'm going to do another ad. I, the time is flying. I didn't realize it. So here's the question: You say don't sign a scope of services that limits your ability to get the most out of your software, uh, and ask people who have seen what vendors do to try to trick you. This sounds like a horror story. You're going into a situation, you don't really understand it necessarily, especially if you haven't had software before, and you're in a, you have to look out to make sure that the software vendor is going to make enough money so he treats you properly. You've got to give him a good tip. And now you have to research how these people are deliberately trying to bamboozle you. What a, what a terrible terrible uh, position to be in. You think about that for a minute, and I'm going to talk about my new sponsor, Hire Tool. Let me spell it for you. H-I-R-E as in hire, and tool, T-U-A-L as in mutual, Hire Tool. My buddy there is the C-O-O. His name is Nintran, okay? Now, Hire Tool is a sourcing tool. It's the new sourcing tool in town, and I got to tell you, it's getting rave reviews. I'm not making it up because they're paying me. I heard it before they started paying me, okay? And uh, the thing is, I only thought that what they were good at was, you know, extracting contact information because every recruiter now is so worried. They don't want to call anybody at work. They got to get the personal email. They can't even get the work email. Oh, you're going to make them angry at you. No, no, no. Okay. So (laughs) this software is good at finding emails for you to send people your highly researched uh, recruiting uh, first contacts, right? So anyway, what happened though, I did a demo. I don't usually do demos, but I did a demo with Nin and I found out that it helps you do all aspects of sourcing. It builds search strings for you in LinkedIn, Facebook, and GitHub, and it tells you how close a match the people are who show up in your search results, how close they are, a match to your job. I didn't say that. Slap me. I'll take it. It was my fault. And then it estimates their salary. So it ranks the results, and it estimates their salary. I don't know if it's going to be a tight enough estimation. You can't come to the guy and say, you're earning $95,000 and not a penny more, and don't try to put anything over on me because it's going to give you a range. But Enough people say it helps them. Anyway, uh, I want you to check it out, and you know you can do a demo just like I did. No commitments involved. They've also got a free Chrome extension. Just go to their website, HireTool.com. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. HireTool.com. Okay, I'm back to my guest, my famous guest, Jeremy Allen Ames. Don't try to spell Allen. Don't try to spell it. He dropped it wisely. Okay, and I asked him a question. Before I did that ad, have you had enough time to come up with a decent answer? I have. And the point of the matter is, anytime you buy something, 
you need to know what you're getting out of it. And it's such a amorphous thing, buying HR technology, buying the talent acquisition systems, that you don't know what you don't know. So you end up a lot of times at the end of the road saying, this isn't what I actually thought that I was buying. So all the things that you do in the middle there, it's just like buying a car or anything. You have to know and make the right decisions in the middle of the process so you don't end up at the end of it saying, what the heck did I just buy? And Okay, so in other words, the vendor, the vendor's not your friend. They're your enemy. That's what it sounds like to me. Am I right about no, that? No, when you're picking, the point is pick a vendor who is going to be your friend. Like there, I How know plenty know? of vendors out there. How do you know? I mean, I I've personally know because I know a lot of the CEOs, but okay. yeah. that doesn't okay. mean that the Tim buyers Sackett. do. I would like to say my good friend Tim Sackett, but I barely know Tim Sackett. But I've read a lot of his articles, and I've heard him on, on shows like this, and he says you cannot trust HR software consultants. They're uh, getting kickbacks from a, a certain amount number of vendors, and they won't – they won't show you the full range of – they might not show you the products that would be good for you. They're going to promote their buddies, uh, their cronies. Uh, so you're in a, a, a cesspool in that business, it sounds like to me. What do you say to that? I said it earlier on the call that you definitely have to be careful of consultants. Um, that's okay. not a, an area that I get into. I don't – have any biases okay. when we do a selection. Okay. So. okay, you're a consultant. You've got a conflict okay. of interest. I trust you. Okay, I trust you. You seem like a nice guy. That's always oh, the way to good. tell. I looked into his eyes, just like George Bush said about Putin. I looked into his soul. Okay, and I'm looking into your soul. Okay, you say, you have to ask yourself when you're talking to the vendor, do I feel like I'm being oversold? What does that mean? Pushy salesman? Yeah, it looks great on you. Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about the vendor that says yes to everything, the vendor that says, oh, yeah, we have a global you know, capabilities. And you're like, well, where are your clients based? And they kind of skirt the issue. So it, most things will be obvious, but there are some un, you know, unobvious things in the okay. sales process. You ask a question. You say ask this question, and uh, this is recruiters do this all the time. You say ask pointed questions and then listen for a yes that doesn't feel natural. Does that happen a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah what about exactly? Yeah. What about looking for a blush? I mean, if you're actually there with the person, you could see if they are uh, blushing, right? Does it ever happen? I mean, I would suppose that if you're good at playing poker, then maybe you can do a better job of evaluating when salespeople are lying to you. Yeah, sure. Blushes could be okay. one thing. Okay. Okay. And, and what's what's the average? Uh, is there an average purchase? I mean, you're installing these systems. How much are they worth? Mm-hmm. How much are they worth or how much are people paying? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends, I assume, on the size of the company. So let's say a company yeah. with uh, 100 people. How much is the average uh, payment cost? 100 people is pretty much at the bottom level of what you might want to invest in a uh, new charge system. I mean, you could uh, – give you, you pick the example. I don't know. You yeah. pick it. All right. your favorite. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's say a 500-employee company is looking for an HR system. They might end up spending, uh, I don't know, 200000 on a system. But then, then there's, you know, there's the cost of the system, there's the cost of the implementation, and then there's the ongoing annual maintenance. Usually it's uh, calculated as a per-employee-per-month kind of situation. Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh, geez, what was I going to ask you then? 
Well, I can't remember. But here's something else I don't understand. You said when you're at the demo, ask them uh, or check out and see if the sales team modified the product to be able to handle your requirements. You have to ask them, is this the vanilla product or a modified version? What's going on there? I don't understand. To me, it would seem like you want them to modify it because you said you want to make sure that they read. If you sent them some information about what you're looking for before you have the demo, you want to make sure they actually read your notes and they're prepared to answer your questions. So if they modify the software, I assume that's good, but you make it sound like it's bad. Tell me about that. Well, in today's world, it's less of an issue. I mean, this is things are changing rapidly. I wrote that probably about a year and a half ago. And uh, in, in the cloud world, like when you modify a system, you're just configuring it. So if it's done right, a, a company, yeah, it shows actually that they worked a, a bit to try to get the system to look the way you wanted and they configured it. It's when they're actually changing the code uh, that that becomes a problem because they've basically just done something to sell you and it doesn't mean that it's going to be part of the system once you know so it's It's just a superficial it's like what do they call that house staging right they make your house look a little better than it is when they when you want to show it to customers okay right uh anybody want to got a question anybody got a question hey no okay uh joe jose michael cox oh good hey hey I got, a, I got an opportunity to embarrass Michael Cox now. He tweeted, I wish I'd sounded smart <laughs> rather than just plain annoyed. But, Mike, annoyed is good on this show, okay? okay. I like annoyed. I want you to sound annoyed, okay? Got uh, Jose Watson, are you on the line or are you just on Twitter? Show. Hey, are you on the line? He worked in a corporation. He was working at Lowe's. And then uh, Kelly's got a question. Have no, no, he, he, he's got a new bigger gig now. Yeah, I know. He, I know he was a job hunting uh, guest. Okay. Anything else? No, there's not a lot of tweets there. Maureen's not here to look at them. She never looks at them anyway. Okay, I'll, I'll ask some more questions. References. You know, there's a lot of recruiters who say references aren't important. I don't understand that. But you say that references when you're buying software – is real they're really really important not only that again you have to protect yourself from the software company you want to make sure that the references they give you are not the five percent of their customers who like what they got right exactly yep okay wait am i supposed to elaborate you wanted me to answer the questions for you, but you know what? You could have picked up. You could have picked up on that, and you could tell a story. I'm priming the pump for you. Come on. So I, how do you I know? I did all my research and I did all my research and preparation on recruit on what we were going to talk about in recruiting and bots and all that okay, stuff. And now you're. Come on. Do you take it from here? What do you want to talk about? I mean, I really I. The problem is, like, I work in this HR technology and consulting and, and selection and implementation. I don't think most of your guests and listeners, that's not their world. So I, but I also cross over into the recruiting space, which is a kind of a unique blend. So those are the kind of things I thought would be kind of go, interesting go, to your – Go, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. All right, so I brought up in that – you referenced that, uh, that list of trends that I got quoted. I think actually both of us are going to be quoted later this week, I was told – on something that you wrote a trend for. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. Uh, but anyways, my particular trend has to do with 
bots and it's kind of the topic that you brought up in advance of this and you know whether it's going to be an ai uh, trend in 2017 or or and and my point that as long as the humans are kind of dominating the workplace we don't really have to worry about that at the same time there's a lot of technologies coming out that are going to automate a lot of the pieces of the recruiting world so i i'm actually curious if if you and some of your listeners are, listeners are concerned about that last week's guest didn't didn't said that he didn't do any kind of resume parsing using technology he does it all by hand and that surprised me so hey, I, hey, I'm you know what curious. i gotta ask you, are you gonna put my 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 audience to sleep before you actually say something okay here's how you should have structured that animal i want to talk about artificial intelligence and the robotization of recruiting and here's what i think is going to be robotized or automated and here's what i think is going to stay the same so now that i've set it up for you Maybe you can fit an answer into that. What's going to be automated? Are people going to be fired? Are people going to stop hiring recruiters? That's what we want to know. What's going to that first? Let me ask you: What recruiting process is going to be automated first? Resume parsing and the consumption of resumes and taking out the bias from from the recruiting process. Uh, isn't there resume software in the ATS that's uh, parsing the software already so you can search it by keyword or Boolean? There is, but it's it, this, there's still some manual intervention that happens, but uh, it's just going to continue to be automated. Uh, uh, that's not an answer, okay? What does it mean in practical terms? It's going to be continually automated. That's a, it's a terrible answer. Shame on you. Okay. <laughs> it's... The point is it's taking out the bias from so it's removing things like names it's removing like certain elements of the of the candidate so that when, when they're evaluated and they're ranked it it doesn't have that bias in it that's what that's what a lot of the okay. technology okay. companies are so showing nobody's going to lose their job over that okay what is going to be done that's going to lose some recruiting jobs here's a clue let me explain nothing is it, Go ahead. The concept of the initial interactions uh, where the candidate wants to, to get information, there's, there's some companies that are putting together like bots that take care of that, uh, where you basically interact and oh, yeah, get in. Hold, hold on a second. I talked about it when uh, Jeremy uh, Roberts was on about a month ago. I can't remember the name of this robot. Maybe someone here does. And it's, it's a chat box on the career site. And it's got a lot of answers programmed into it, I guess just like a fact. And you can actually type in questions, and it answers them for you. And if it can't, then a recruiter puts in a new answer for that question. And you build up essentially a knowledge base in this chat box. Is that, is that what you're talking about now? Yeah, the name is Maya. I think that's probably the one you're thinking of. Yeah, that's of. It's it. Like, I bet you it doesn't work. Yeah. I bet you it doesn't work. I go to these knowledge bases on TypePad. Good luck if you find what you're after. That's what I say. Okay? And and that's it? There's, that's the revolution? There's also, I mean, there's things like, there's some things that you wouldn't even necessarily want a, a recruiter doing, or they may not have the ability, like matching culture to the candidate. So, like, oh, there's, God. like, eHarmony. Yeah, all right. I, I knew that would Who draw said, oh, God? Ground, but... Who said, oh, God? Because <laughs> that's what I wanted to say as well. Who said, oh, God? <laughs> it might that's have been not... Michael. Yeah, the machine is going to do that? A human being can't do it. It's too complicated. 
I mean, it, I, it's there's a company called uh, it's based on eHarmony. It's Elevated Careers, and they you step through a bunch of answers, and it matches you to what you are looking for in a culture. And I mean, whether or not you guys see that, there that is a complaint that I hear a lot from our clients that they get okay. people who aren't matched to their culture and they leave. The, the yeah. truth is that that there is a, a industry for that, and there are a lot of companies that will throw money at that. Not, not saying that it's going to solve any problems, but there are companies that will pay for that. Throw money. That's like, yeah, throw, throw good money after bad. Okay, I'm going to do another ad, okay? My final ad for the show today. That's another word from our sponsor, PC Recruiter. You know, you've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again because what, what, how many times do you have to say something? Six times before someone actually hears it or 100 times before they take you seriously? Everybody claims that text and social media are now the new forms of communication. But everybody knows, certainly every recruiter knows, that email rules the roost. Email is king or queen, however you want to cut it. And PC Recruiter PC Recruiter handles email. I might get in trouble here for using the wrong pronoun now. I don't know if you know what's going on at the University of Toronto. A guy's going to go to the Human Rights Commission, one of the professors, because he only wants to say he and she. Anyway, PC Recruiter. Sorry, Marty, if you didn't want me to talk about that during your ad, but I did, okay? (laughs) PC Recruiter. (laughs) It handles email the way you want it handled. It works with your mobile phone accounts and always shows your connected, your sent, and received email for every candidate in hiring authority. So please check it out at PCRecruiter.net. And you know what? If you go to YouTube and put in PC Recruiter, they've got these two-minute videos. So it's not too much to bear, but they show you how the software works, and it only takes a couple of minutes to take a glance, okay? So, PCRecruiter.net, let me ask Jeremy if what I said was relevant. I'm going to put my neck on the chomping block here. Is, is, is that important, what I just said about your mobile phone account handling email? I'd say mobile and email, they're cutting edge. And, yes, it's absolutely important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. What about you? Are no. you afraid of being... Are you afraid of being replaced by a robot? I mean, part of the implementation process isn't software. I mean, aren't you doing the same thing over and over again? Can't you be uh, eased out? I wouldn't call it a robot, but I've definitely, you know, there there are a lot of companies that are making it more of a configuration exercise and less of a, a consulting exercise. So, yeah, the implementations could be shrinking. You know, that's, a, that's definitely a, um, an area that I watch closely. Um, but it, it also would end up creating value for the consumer, which is, you know, also a good thing, I guess. So. No, it isn't. Not if you lose your job. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> son. I can't send you to, to university because the consumer's happy and I'm broke. Okay? Sorry. There's, okay, I mean, go ahead. Okay, forget. Yeah. What about you don't do much work with uh, external third-party agencies then? Am I right about that? I don't per- – I mean, they're part of the companies that I work with use them, but I don't personally, correct. Okay, so, I mean, like, I can't uh, ask you any questions about the differences between internal and external recruiters because you only know the internals. Am I right about that? I know how the externals kind of get, they get locked out of the systems, not locked out, but they don't get the benefit of the systems. And and so their entry point is is always further along in the process, which kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I try to 
encourage when I'm working with my clients that they give the externals access to their recruiting software so that they can actually, you know, become part of the, the whole process. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that you can't means. can't do that. Somebody, it means somebody? that having them log in and, and actually use the system as opposed to just, you know, basically working on their own and then contributing the candidate further along in the process. That's, that's what I meant. Knowing yeah. more than just the source of the hire, than, but actually having them interact with the system. Uh huh. No. Uh huh. Here's another thing that's interesting. You said it's very important if you're buying recruiting software or HR software, you ask the vendor is the implementation fixed or changeable. So uh, you can buy it and they can't change it for you. But let's say you don't have enough money. Uh, sometimes you can buy it and then add parts later on, sort of modular. Is that right, Jeremy? Yes, that is correct. It can either be a fixed fee or. Uh, you know, time and Which material situation. Which do you want? You want the changeable, right? It costs more, but it, it leaves you much, much more secure that you're going to get what you need because you might forget something or not realize that you need something at the beginning, want to add it on, and if it's fixed, you're not going to get it. Am I right about that? Well, no, because it, that implies fixed fee. So if, you're, if there's any vagueness on what you've asked for, but the price is fixed, then in, towards the end you could try to – figure out a way to include that additional stuff as part of that fixed fee. So oh, I think I it actually is more beneficial. Okay, how yeah. are we going to define success for the implementation? You have to talk about that as well, but not by speed. The speed of the implementation is not a good uh, success indicator, and you're talking about something that might take 400 hours. Am I right about that? At least, yes. At least so 400 hours. Well, it's like a lifetime. For I mean, that's for multiple team members to, to work on something over the course of months. So it's not, when you start doing the math, it's not that much. But it's intensive. I mean, we're, we're, you're taking data from a, a prior system. You're working with HR and payroll information, you know, recruiting, bringing over the candidate pool. There's a lot of, lot of the work that goes into it. Okay, so speed, don't don't demand that the guys do it fast. That's not a good thing to do. Is that what you're telling me? Right, you can end up really killing your internal team and, okay. and you're what, pushing the vendor do to do something too fast. Are you working with uh, just HR people or do you actually work with the recruiters in-house as well? Uh, the recruiters as well, most you know, but it's mostly the HR team, but then the recruiters pop in for the... What do you see, the, do you see recruiters recruiting? doing wrong that you think they can do right? I mean, I, the biggest thing that I've seen is the silos between HR and recruiting. I'd, I'd like to see those silos broken down, so not working independently. Uh-huh. You know, I know it's a, a, a sin, like a, a, a terrible sin for me to ask, can you tell us a story about a silo, about a problem? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, can you? You have a story? Yeah, I used to work. Yeah, I used to work with a big company out in in the West, and they had recruiting had its own room, and it was like walking into a ghost yard. It was it was not a fun place to walk into. Whenever I had to get information from them, they were really quite miserable, and and they didn't feel like they were part of the company. They were always trying to get a better system than the one they had, and and they just they weren't connected to the company. So that probably I'm guessing reflected in their work. So that was a, a specific example. 
So is that a silo or just that the, you know, the company doesn't want to spend money on them and they're resentful? Isn't that what you said? Whatever is worse than a silo is what that was. Okay. So it was like a, yeah. Oh, you know what? I had another question, but, you know, my mind doesn't retain things very long these days. It was something that really interested me as well. Oh, boy. You know what? I'm going to say something right now, though, because it's almost over. This article, what's the name of that article again? Because I thought it was terrific. Is that a compliment or not? That's a great, it's a great article. You can actually find it on searchfinancialapplications.techtarget.com. Is that, is that the, the best place to find it? That's where I found it. It's very long. Searchfinancialapplications.techtarget.com. But what's the name of it? Buying Human Resources Software by William Tincup yeah, and Jeremy Ames. Is that the best writing you've ever done? And is it best because you did it with William? Uh, it was one of the most enjoyable series and things I've been a part of. I've done a lot, so I, I don't like evaluating my own work. It, I think it came out good. I was proud of that. Okay, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I like to grade my own work, and so should you, okay? Don't be so soft. Okay, Jose Watson, I just want to say hi, Kelly, all the people who've uh, you know participated in the show this year. I, I think you're great. Except for the people who hate me. You know what? <laughs> Jeremy Roberts said that not as many people hate me as before, but yes, they do. I can tell you some stories. People would accuse me of being resentful, okay? So I want to thank you, Jeremy, for coming back on the show, and I hope you come back to see us next year as well. Michael uh, Cox, Michael G. Cox, uh, Jimmy Durbin, Maureen and uh, Jerry aren't here. Uh, who knows what Jerry's doing? Okay. Is there anything you want to say? Uh, 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 HiveTech, is that HiveTechHR.com? Is that the formal, the uh, URL for your company? HiveTechHR? That is, and thank you for for botching it so terribly, but yes. Look, you know what's going to happen? People are going to start calling you up and say, look, Jeremy, you don't have to go to any conference on the other side of the world to get a job. I heard you on the Recruiting Animal Show! years in the industry started with the family firm uh, recruiting industry oh there you have it Gary wake up you recommended this guy go ahead I mentioned it offhand when I was in a drunken stupor don't ask Gary for advice after 5 p.m. okay go ahead Ryan you know you guys I have to say, no banning on this show. Nobody's that bad. Uh, and you know, here's, what? The, deal. I get here's the deal. The dude is full of negative energy, and I'm just saying, I simply don't. My the after show is not about negativity. It's not you know about what, Gary? What? Gary. 
if yep. you open your eyes, you'd see he talks to you just like you talk to me. It's constantly, animal is an idiot. Everything he says is nonsense. I no, used to like the no, show, no. but now it's nothing. Yep. I don't kick you off. Hey. I don't kick you off the show, and hey, you're, you're not going to kick him off, okay? Hey, I just don't need it. If if he man, is man, ready man, to man. say that he's done with it, then I, I embrace his participation. So Amy okay. Beth is a good communicator. Where does whiskey does fit in with recharging? She does, does that make me an introvert? Manager. That doesn't make her an extrovert. Yes, Jerry, you're an introvert. By Jerry, if you drink alone, then you're an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? If-